You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, Internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Most writers and radio show hosts know that to connect with your fans, you need to do more than just write books or record the latest podcasts. There are many different elements that go into forming an online platform, but there are also many hidden traps. To make matters worse, solid advice on how to survive the muddy waters is scarce. In the book Hidden Traps, I talk about some of the important issues of working with an online platform, highlighting traps that could put your physical or internet security at risk, or be harmful to your reputation. Are your social media posts just links with a few disjointed words making you look like someone who can't complete a sentence? Did your new website cost you more than you anticipated? Are you leaking your personal contact details across the web without even knowing it? Then you need Hidden Traps. Hidden Traps is now available in paperback and ebook from a variety of retailers, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. Visit blackwolfpublications.com for more details. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now, and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-553-8687. That's 800-553-8687. Again, 800 553 KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. 
Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Sometimes riders feel lost, unsure why a passage may not be working. It takes another set of eyes to help us nurture our writing into full maturity. At Black Wolf Editorial Services, we strive to enable writers to develop and grow, offering manuscript critiques and line edits through a mentoring editorial style. We also offer assistance on generating a writer's bio for your websites. Black Wolf Editorial Services, nurturing your writing into maturity. For a full list of services, visit blackwolfeditorial.com. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. around us is an amazing place filled with beauty and with science. But let's face it, sometimes the science can be so confusing that it takes a PhD to understand it. Well, you're in luck. I just happen to have a PhD. Come and take a seat. Perhaps I can explain the world around us in a way we all can understand. Welcome to Conversations in Science. I'm Dr. Judy L. Moore. Call me Doc. Wish you Merry Christmas, my darling budlings in America. Preen your feathers and stretch the bird's nest a trifle, if you please, and let Uncle Jack in for the holidays. I'm coming with such a trunk full of treasures that you'll have to borrow with the stockings from Barnum's giant and giantess. I'm coming to squeeze a little lady lady bird until she cries for mercy. I'm coming to see that if I can find a boy to take care of the black pony that I bought lately. It's a strange thing I ever knew. I hunted all over Europe and can't find a boy to suit me. I'll tell you why. I've set my heart on finding one with a dimple in his chin because this pony particularly likes dimples. Okay, it's not story time. But hi, guys. I am Dr. Judy L. Moore, and that, by the way was a little excerpt from a Christmas story that actually comes from 1888. It's called The Bird's Christmas Carol by Kate Wiggin. Doc, and doc, reason doc. Why, yeah? I got a surprise. If we're doing Christmas stuff early, I got a surprise. Okay. I wonder if my surprise is going to pop up. Uh-oh. I have uh, some uh, Christmas wishes for you myself from Iceberg, Pennsylvania what I call my little town of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
Merry Christmas from Science George. Oh my God! Hello. Hi. Merry Merry Christmas, Duck. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's just so awesome. <laughs> For those who are uh, just listening to the show, Science George has been following me on Twitter for a good number of months now and every single time we put out an episode of Conversations in Science he is one of the first ones out there and retweeting and helping us promote the show. Oh my god that's so awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome. I had to do something. I I, I take it you were surprised? (laughs) I am surprised. She was a cheeky little bugger. (laughs) So that's so cool. Thank you, sir. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So before we get too much in today's topic, what basically that story, that little bit that I was writing, the reason why it's important to me is because it's about the story itself is about a little girl who's born on Christmas Day. And my great great grandmother was born on Christmas Day. And so this book was actually hers. It's dated 1888, and it's just, it's found my loving hands, and I cherish it, and I hope my daughter will cherish it when it gets passed to her loving hands. So, before we get into our topic, is there anything that you guys feel is a tradition that you just have to celebrate, that makes you want to celebrate? Uh... Well, it's not Christmas without It's a Wonderful Life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Gotta watch that every year. That is a great movie. I love that movie. That's a fantastic movie. <laughs> Maybe I should actually watch it one of these years. And George, just for the complete explanation here, I'm Jewish. I don't celebrate Christmas. Oh. So it's Chinese. Well, uh, you could, you could look at It's a Wonderful Life as a science fiction movie in a sense. I mean, it is a parallel reality. I mean, it yeah. was. It's. <laughs> run about by intervention through an angel, but it's an alternate reality where things were different and it's a sort of a view of what things would be like without, like in life, like what would be, things would be like in life without someone and versus with them. And you see how wonderful it is to be alive and hence the title. (laughs) Oh, I could definitely watch it. It's just, I'm usually working. That tends to be my holiday tradition because the company I work for is open 24-7, 365. I tend to go to work on Christmas Day so that people for whom the day is special can have it off. Well, I know that, <laughs> that it's broadcast a little, a little differently now. Uh, I think once NBC required the rights to it, they started limiting, it, making it, trying to make it special once or twice a season. But I remember prior to that, it seems like every channel had it on. I mean, it was, you know, hundreds of times throughout the, throughout the Thanksgiving through New Year's corridor. And you could probably find it on various other channels now, too. Um, <laughs> dare I say, it is probably floating around the Internet. <laughs> so that, though. Yeah. Okay. Today, well, first we are I, Doc. First, George, are you going to hang out with us while we record this episode, or do you need to get going? I can hang out with you. Sounds fun. Okay, I just want to make sure. Right. I didn't want to. I didn't want to put a crimp in any of our uh, 
unexpected guests holiday plans. <laughs> oh, and Doc, I dug something else out. Oh no. Yes, ho, this way ho, now. Ho. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> She's having fun. Can you tell? She's having fun. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jess. Alright. Last now- year. You accused me of dipping into the eggnog a little bit too early. Hey, I am I stand by what I said last year. The reason why no one has found Santa's workshop is because they've been looking in the wrong spot all these time, all these years. It's just in the wrong spot. They've been looking in the Arctic. You know, North Pole, Arctic makes sense. But the North Pole is really in Antarctica. Scientifically, it's in Antarctica, end of story. I stand by that. And no, I have not dipped in the eggnog. But I decided this year, we were going to ask the question, is it even possible that Santa can travel around the world in one night to deliver all the presents to the boys and girls around the world? Okay, Doc. I've done some science. Doc, I've done first. some math. First, have you hit the eggnog yet? No, I have not hit the eggnog. I would not be able to formulate a calculator if I had hit the eggnog. Trust me, my finger-pushing button goes cuckoo if I'm even a little tipsy. I have not hit the eggnog. George, what were you trying to say? Hmm? I'm I'm having fun. I'm listening. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, let's think about this first thing. We always say that Santa comes at midnight to deliver his presents. Well, the first question I need to ask is, where in the world is it midnight? Which midnight? Where is it? The reason why I ask this is because my listeners should know by now that I'm in New Zealand And I'm in one of the time zones that sees the new day first. So I get to see Christmas before everybody else does. But I'm almost a whole day in front of the U.S. In fact, I am a whole day in front of America Samoa. There's 24 hours. The Earth takes 24 hours for every single point on the world to actually see the new day. So, if Santa's going to be going to various different places at midnight, well, he's actually got 24 hours to do it. Then you add on top of this that Santa actually probably has a little bit more. Because you want to tell me what child actually goes to sleep at midnight? Especially young children. They don't. They, They go to sleep at like 10 Maybe nine, if we're lucky. Six. <laughs> George, can we be lucky? So, so possibly you know? sunset the day before to sunrise the day after. Exactly. Now, so if I go by New Zealand, if I go where I am, because we're so far south, sunset, believe it or not, for me at the moment is around nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. Sunrise at the moment is about. four o'clock in the morning (laughs) for maybe five o'clock in the morning if I'm lucky 
and it was a big joke when my children were really little. I've got two teenagers now. It was a big joke because my son is solar powered. And he 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 would Christmas Eve would come and he'd be all hyperactive and would refuse to go to sleep until that sun went down at 10 o'clock at night. And he'd be up and bright and cheery at five o'clock in the morning. So if we're going from sundown to sun up, so you're talking what? There's another seven hours there. So that's still in the order of about 30 to 31 hours that Santa has to go around the world. That sounds pretty cool to me. I mean, that's 30 hours. Okay. I, if I I'm suspect just you're going to mention commercial... there is a lot of ground he has to cover in that time, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He does. <laughs> now, let's, let's just think about technology that we have, the current technology we have. If I was to get on a plane here in New Zealand and I was to fly to, say, England, it will take me 23 hours, thereabouts, with five of those hours being in the airport. Literally. I'm just sitting there waiting in the airport for five hours. I don't think Santa's going to use a commercial airline, to be honest. He's going to have his own private little jet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, what happened to the sleigh and the reindeer duck? Oh, yeah. Well, see, there's, here's part of my theory. Okay. The sleigh. The sleigh is a historic thing, and it probably worked really, really well. Sleigh and the reindeer worked really, really well when Christmas and majority of the population was confined pretty much to Europe. If you were traveling just through Europe, going through on a sleigh back then probably would have been quite cool. But today, Christmas is spread throughout the entire world. I'm sorry, the sleigh is not practical anymore. Not only that, I don't know about anybody else, but I wouldn't want to be flying in a sleigh over the Pacific Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean or any ocean for that matter. Not only is it going to be really, really, really cold, because it does get cold out at sea. Sorry, it does. Even if in the middle of summer, it gets really, really cold. But all the presents would also get the mist coming up from the, the ocean spray coming up. And they would get all soggy. And soggy chocolate biscuits are not nice. You know, soggy chocolate cookies. No, not a good thing. Not happening. No. No, 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 no. So he's probably now flying a jet. And I've taken a look. The fastest recorded jet in the world, fastest recorded jet in history, was actually the Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird from 1966. We haven't made a jet that goes faster yet. We have jets that are probably a lot more stable and they can do some other really funky things. But a, the fastest jet uh, yeah. in recorded history is the Blackbird. I was, I was thinking of possibly You're, the Concorde, but yes, I guess if he's allowed to have military technology, go with the SR-71 Blackbird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the Blackbird went Mach 3.5. So that's 3.5 times the speed of sound. To give you an idea, and I've done the numbers. And it, whoa, yeah, that's a fast jet. <laughs> The Blackbird was traveling at over 2,000 miles per hour at its top speed. 
that's it was actually 3540 kilometers per hour is what its recorded speed is and that is really fast really 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 fast especially when you consider things like the concord they were going at i think 1.5 times the speed of sound it wasn't anywhere near as fast as this thing Now, there might be jets engines out there that are faster. We don't know. This is the one that's in the public domain. Now, the reason why I say that is because, let's face it, Santa's rich. He's buying presents or making presents. He's got presents for all the boys and girls of the world who believe in him. He's got to be rich. So he's not, money's not an issue. What was that? The, the raw materials alone, yeah, would have to require him to be wealthy. <laughs> exactly. The raw materials alone just to make all those presents. I'm sorry. He's a wealthy man. Money is not a problem. So he probably has a few of the military guys and military research. So he probably has his hands on whatever the military happens to have, which may be faster than the black boot. Don't know. But he definitely has access to stealth technology. That is definite. There's no way he would be able to get into some of those countries so sneakily below the radar unless he has stealth technology. Sorry. Whoa, Doc. He has then it. How does NORAD track him? Well, I think he actually has on board a special GPS tracker that he allows certain people to actually have access to that information as to where they are. And that's probably how NORAD tracks him. Cool. They gave him a special it's encrypted tracker. transponder or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a special thing. Because let's face it, even with the uh, the stealth technology and the stealth planes that you had that the U.S. military in particular have, you there is still this ability to track the plane by the unit that's communicating with them and the other on on the U.S. state side. They still have that ability and and there's going to be a special signal or special something that only the U.S. military have got their hands on. And the odds are that if somebody else finds it and hacks it, they probably just change it because they can. Why not? All right. I'm with you so far, Doc. Okay, so I'm not completely insane? Are you buying this? Well, uh, uh, the uh, famous uh, Hedy Lamarr and the uh, rotating frequencies that's used in the military today, uh, even in uh, cell phone te- uh, encryption technology. I, 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 I'm on board with this so far. Okay. <laughs> See? I'm not mad. There's another science guy. He's all into it. Okay. So coming back to the speed of the thing, the speed of Santa and how fast he travels. Let's say he's traveling at Mach 3, not Mach 3.5. And the reason why I say that is because the Blackbird is the fastest plane. It was 3.5. And if you are running any engine at its fastest possible for a long duration of time, you will burn it out. The plane, the, the engine will start to fail. It will have issues. They are only designed to go at their top speed for a short burst. They're not designed to go for hours on end. Remember, he's traveling in the order of 30 hours. Okay? So that's why I'm saying Mach 3. And Mach 3, that brings him down to around about 
2,000 miles per hour. Slightly more, but not by much. Okay? Based on that speed, if he was just to travel the circumference of the Earth, and the circumference of the Earth is just under 25 miles, or 40, it's just over 40 kilometers, depending on which metric system you're using, uh, whether you're using Imperial or the uh, standard metric. 25,000 here because America never converted. <laughs> we, uh, they, they promised <laughs> yeah. us back in the 70s going to metric, but it never happened. <laughs> Yeah, so depending on which system you're using, if he's traveling around the world at Mach 3, just the circumference, it's going to take him 10.8 hours just to travel around the circumference. So if he's got 30 hours, he's got about just enough time, not quite, to actually travel around the world three times. Now, he's not going to be traveling just the circumference of the Earth. He's going to be doing this zigzag pattern that goes from one pole to the other. Regardless whether we're talking about whether he comes from the Arctic or the Antarctic, he's still going to be doing this zigzag pattern going from one side of the planet to the other side, regardless. So he's got a bit of leeway there on how to actually do that little zigzag pattern. And going from country to country, he's probably going at his top speed. And then once he's in the country, he probably slows down. Is it possible? I think it is. Just. But I don't know what technology Santa's got. I'm only going by what's in, tech, what's in public domain. For all I know, he could be using a jet that was, or a rocket engine, that's like the one that was launched in 2009, New Horizons. The New Horizons satellite is the fastest recorded rocket in history. And I mean, that thing was fast. It traveled at 36,000 miles per hour. And it was traveling at, so if I convert that to a Mach, it was in the order of Mach 16. 16 times the speed of sound. That thing was moving fast. Ouch. And the reason why it had to be moving fast, that fast, is because it had to escape the Earth and solar orbit. Because New Horizons is the one that was sent out towards Pluto. It's like way out there and it's gone it's been traveling a long time and it's been trying to get away from the solar system okay so it needs to be moving at that speed if it's going to actually overcome the gravitational pull of the sun is santa going to be riding something that fast probably not because Santa's still a human being, and anything moving that fast is going to basically have such huge G-forces on the body, and he might turn to liquid soup. <laughs> yeah, no, let's not go there. Hey, George, I don't want to liquefy Santa, do you? No, no. <laughs> I, I, I was also thinking possibly atmospheric disturbances, shockwaves and the like. <laughs> Yeah, no, see, that in itself, I mean, the sonic booms are bad enough. I mean, you get those when when the uh, space shuttle was coming in. Uh, you would get 
it was the, this successive boom, boom. There was normally, I think, I, I think there was like two of them that came through. Yeah, the as leading and trailing edge. Into... Yeah. Um, and, and that's how they knew that the shuttle had come into the atmosphere because they could hear it. But yeah, no, <laughs> I don't think Santa's doing anything that extreme, to be honest. No. But he's probably got something that's probably close to the Blackbird, if not slightly faster. All right. So Santa is flying a jet. And I'm I'm guessing you're going to tell me that his jet is call sign the sleigh. Well, why not? That makes perfect sense to me, doesn't it? And you know what? I think his pilot, because Santa probably doesn't fly the plane himself. I mean, this guy is always jumping out of the plane probably and sort of skydiving maybe and going through chimneys or he's throwing things out the window or you know throwing things out the door or I don't know the guy is probably not the pilot the pilot is probably someone whose call sign is Rudolph (laughs) okay maybe I have had a bit of eggnog (laughs) I'm starting to sound cuckoo, aren't I? <laughs> George, I told you this episode would be a hoot. Mm-hmm. Okay, somebody help me out here. How crazy am I going? How crazy do I sound? Is this even plausible? Does it sound plausible to you? Well, the Concord did well, used to go New York to to Europe in three hours. A little concerned with that zigzagging between the homes, slow, you know, the acceleration, deceleration, slowing him down. And also the, the part about actually delivering the presents, getting out of the vehicle. And it would be nice if he had some way of, uh, I don't know, even further futuristic technology, beaming them in directly from the jet. Of course, then he wouldn't be limited to just jet technology either. Oh, well. Since you're talking about transporter technology, you know we actually mm. transporter technology does exist. It's yep. still in its experimental phases, but it does exist. It the last I heard that they were able to actually teleport, properly teleport, a photon. Yes, that's the <laughs> For those so of you who don't know what a photon is, a photon is basically a particle of light. I question how they were able to tag the photon so they could say that was the photon we transported over there i i'm i i'm not quite sure how they did that but from what i understand they have done a photon well actually doc you know people have experimented with teleportation or it could always just come back to santa has magic Yes. Well, the thing is, this teleportation would look like magic anyway, wouldn't it? Because we don't have that technology properly at the moment. And anybody who looks at it would go, oh, my God, it's magic. So, yeah. Yeah. I believe that was uh, Isaac Asimov's point of view. The uh, Something like a, a an iPad brought to a Neanderthal. They're going to see that as magic. There's, there's, It's made out of the same raw materials as... You know, we lived in, the, lived in the same world, but for them to s- imagine how they could get to that from the tools that they had, there's 
no viable bridge. It's just going to be magic. Yeah, it was. It's things like photographs as well. When photograph when photographic technology first came around, um, you actually had a lot of the tribes were, um, you know, you'd have the people, photographers traveling around the world, and they were taking photos on their photographic plates. So we're going back, you know, to the 1800s. And they had the photographic plates and you had, they were going and photographing like the Africans and some of the people from South America. And people thought you were capturing their soul. You were stealing their soul because suddenly they were on this photographic plate. And it's like, how is that possible? Not, again, they think it's magic, but it's not. It had a, a scientific logic and a scientific reasoning. So yeah, Santa... He probably does have what we would consider magic because he probably has technology at his disposal that we know nothing about. We've got no clue. So are you saying that the U.S. military is using Santa to R&D some of its technology? I don't see why not, especially the transport technology. Why not? What do you think about that and one, Perhaps George? A, uh, a warp drive sleigh. Warp yeah, I, I, just, warp I, I just thought that through. Yeah, I, I would imagine there might be issues of, of setting the atmosphere on fire. So, yeah, maybe not a warp drive sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe an impulse engine instead, you know? Yeah, maybe sub, they've yeah, got – Maybe, I, I maybe they have the, actually the secretly created one of the that shuttles. They were concerned that possibly it would ignite the atmosphere. Yeah, that, that would that'd be bad. <laughs> but maybe they went through and made one of the shuttles from Star Trek. Those things were traveling really fast. I don't know. Just a thought. But there was cross inspiration. They did name the first shuttle Enterprise, the, the prototype at exactly. least. Yeah, exactly. And that thing, it was it never went into space, but it definitely was airborne. It flew. They had to test the landing sequences and the landing gear and all that sort of stuff somehow. So that's what they did is they actually, I think they towed it into air. I think it was on one of those, um, I think they actually put it on the back of a one of the big Boeing planes, flew it up, let it go, watch it land. So yeah, why not? Military has got, yep, the U.S. military is letting Santa test R&D stuff. Why not? He's got the money. He can get in there. And he already works okay. with NORAD. We've established that. Yeah. But wait, However, Santa, now, in, in addition to being vastly wealthy, he's also an R&D genius. So basically Tony Stark. He's yeah. Iron Man. Well, I don't know. Something got, something got much cooler. Iron Man, but yeah, he's of that sort of that vein. Yeah. I don't think he has the special suit, though. Uh, are you well, sure he about need, that? He doesn't need protection. Are Everybody you loves him. Absolutely Santa. sure. <laughs> there's no villain to fight. No, there's no villain to fight. So he probably doesn't have some of those other, you know, like the guns and the rockets and all that sort of thing attached to his suit. But he probably does have a thermal insulating fireproof suit that he wears. I would say that suit is probably a special suit. And he's probably, I mean, 
it's probably got its own oxygen mask as well. That's probably built in too. All I mean, right. it has to if he's traveling in that speed, doesn't he? Fitting that around his mouth with his beard, uh, and I know this personally, that's going to be a little bit of a mess, but I guess doable. But if he's got something that's like the Iron Man mask, still doable, isn't it? Hermetically sealed Santa suit. I was there thinking, we go. I was picturing something like a space suit, except made to look like Santa's red suit. Yeah. And I know that they're, that NASA's doing a lot of research into their spacesuits, and they're actually trying to make something that's a little bit more flexible, a lot more maneuverable. Uh, those gloves, those big, massive gloves, they're really hard to do anything with. So if they can actually make gloves that are still have all the thermal protection that they need, but a lot more dexterity in them, hey! It makes sense to me. Surely Santa's going to be willing to try that. Okay, I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Sorry, guys. I'm crazy. No, it, it, it's definitely necessary. I remember seeing the uh, documentary when uh, Story Musgrave was working on the Hubble Space Telescope. The gloves were so pressurized, just out of necessity, that dexterity is so reduced that you, that you need very talented people to be able to still do meaningful work under those conditions. He was just such an individual. But yes, uh, improvements in technology would make that something better for everyone. I'm guessing Sienna's not uh, trained in NASA's, NASA's special tech skills. No, probably not. I mean, for those who are interested in looking at things like that with the gloves, there is actually a video on YouTube that comes from the uh, NASA uh, NASA itself. I'm just trying to think which one of the NASA channels it's on. I can't remember. Anyway, if you Google it up. We can and add the link to the description, Doc. Yeah, it's basically a bunch of ground staff playing, trying to do everyday common tasks wearing those gloves. And it was hilarious. I mean, you're watching them try to tie a tie. And they're trying to use chopsticks. They're trying to tie a shoe. <laughs> they're trying to do lots of things. And you just crack up laughing because it gave the interns, and I'm pretty sure that they were interns in the video, a real appreciation for the situation that the astronauts are under whenever they do an EVA. It, those gloves All right, are not what's an easy EVA? to use. What's an EVA? Extra vehicle activity or. Oh, so when they do a spacewalk. (laughs) Yeah, it's a spacewalk. (laughs) Have to make you define these terms, Doc. I just can't remember what the acronym is. What was that? that, Yeah, that manned maneuvering unit, MMU, and lunar excursion module, module LEM. NASA loves that kind of thing. (laughs) Acronyms are plenty. I think it's a military thing, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've got my TLA soup handy. (laughs) Okay. And TLA stands for three-letter acronym, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, my conclusion. Forgetting the fact that the North Pole is really Antarctica. I'm sorry. I stand by that 
I am not crazy. The North Pole is really in Antarctica. Scientifically, it is. Except, move on. But Santa probably doesn't use the sleigh anymore. He's probably just kept it for nostalgia reasons. Because, let's face it, sleighs are cool. They're really cool. Not only that, the sleigh he has is probably an antique and would just be gorgeous to, you know, just occasionally take out for a ride. But he's probably using a jet of some description. And I'm thinking that he's probably using something that's along the lines of the Blackbird, which was from the 1960s. I don't know if he's got something faster, but I don't know. Blackbird is the fastest one that we've ever made. Moves at 3.5 times the speed of sound, which is round about 3,540 kilometers per hour or just over 2,000 miles per hour. That's really fast. Really, really, really fast. Well, you've proven it's possible, Doc. At least I think so. It's what, possible. What do you it's think, plausible. George? I, I think not only plausible, I'm just imagining the marketing opportunities. Instead of just decorations under the tree, imagine the toys that the kids would want to have, these you know, stealth hypersonic sleighs and, and, and jets and teleportation technology, all the stuff, all the accessories sold separately for the Santa collection. Except no oh, lightsabers. Awesome. <laughs> no lightsabers. <laughs> they don't exist. No, lightsabers don't exist. I'm sorry for Star Wars fans. I know how much you love it but they will never exist. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm crazy. I'm insane. Well, well wow. I, I, I agree, yeah, as, as light sabers. I, I, I have always assumed it was some type of particle beam weapon just called a lightsaber. Uh, yeah, and then as far as how it's powered, uh, yeah, they're, they're just beyond us. The, Somehow they have like a D cell battery that has a whole power plant versus worth of power in it, and and that's sort of the suspension of disbelief you buy going in and paying your paying for your ticket. Which which yeah, I did yesterday seeing Star Wars. Lorians. <laughs> okay, we won't go into Star Wars versus Star Trek. No, we won't do that. All right, George. <laughs> it's a whole different show, George. <laughs> What we do yep. with every guest at the end of any show is we offer them the opportunity to give out any social media contact information. Would you like to give out your Twitter handle? Yep. It's uh, at science George, but there's an underscore because you can't have a hyphen on Twitter for username. So at science underscore George. All right, Doc, I think we've. Uh... Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. I think we've about done this episode. What do you think? I think so. And and thank you, George, for joining us. That was, that was a nice, nice surprise. surprise. I love it. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for including me. Merry Christmas to everyone there. Hey, right. Shall we say it, Jess? We're out of here. Are we going to say that wonderful thing? Because this is our Christmas special. Oh, yes. You ready? One, two, three. Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas! Christmas. <laughs> ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas!
All right. Well, that brings us to an end of another Conversations in Science. If you have any questions about science and about some of the world around us, feel free to drop me a line. I'm on Twitter, and you can find me at Judy L. Moore. Or you can look me up on Facebook, Judy L. Moore. Or you can drop me a line on my personal website, JudyLmore.com. I think you're seeing the pattern here. Then, of course, if you are interested in some of the other projects I do, which is the writing and editing, feel free to check me out on blackwolfeditorial.com. But then, of course, don't forget, if you are wanting more information about the science, you can also contact us at the station with the email of science at klrnradio.com. Then, of course, there's my cohort that keeps going through and popping up. You mean me, Doc? Well, for anybody who wants to track me down... You can find me on Twitter at Jesse's POV. And you can also drop me a line at the station at Jesse's POV at KLRNRadio.com. Bye, guys. Bye.